Sam. <laughs> sun cut. Yeah. Like BT after midnight. The sun cut. Trying to walk in Milwaukee. You know, make the butts. <laughs> the sun cut. They go to jewelry. Yeah. The cops ain't after helping. They just apprehend. Error of application. The robots are men. Error of conversations. Even if arguing. We rough around the edges. Even when dropping gems. It's uncut. It's uncut. Yeah, it's that mixtape, man. Uncut gems mixtape. Shout out to the homies, man. Free the homies, man. Salutations. You just pressed play on the uncut gems mixtape. I am Rolex Ryan, the Imperial and. And you know, man, it's the town ambassador about them. Today, man, we're here with one of our special, special guests. Man, Brookfield Dukes. Man, how you doing? I'm good, bro. How y'all doing? I've been well. I've been well. I just first of all, I just want to go ahead and uh and say thank you and let the listeners know. Uh Brookfield is basically responsible for our brand new intro that you heard going into our episodes forward. Uh, we want to thank you for putting that together, brother. It's, it's great. Uh, it's great to have you on. I mean, just to get you start, just to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about, about your journey? Uh, yeah, um, I started uh, taking rap a little serious um, as a form to help other people, um, probably around 2000. 2005 um it's really hard to get people to listen to what you gotta say right <laughs> unless you um have some form of uh, uh people or credentials or accolades to, to show them um people only care about the the stats they don't care about the the actual game footage you know so like um i had to stop trying to be like a manager and start being a rapper just so I can gain the um the accolades stats and um so I, I dropped the album around 2004 okay. uh 2005 um we spent a lot of money on it in 2005 times and um <laughs> and it was like right at the the height the bubble of the hyphy era and I wasn't doing that kind of music and um so like the bay area didn't take to it but other places in the country kind of did uh, a couple places overseas took to it and um this company called statue records uh they were attached to warner brothers like a jv company they were uh to my knowledge they were trying to form like a diddy making a band situation where they were going around grabbing a bunch of artists that they were going to put like in an apartment okay. and form a group and form a group out of them and i just so happened to be one of the guys they were trying to do that with um so they offered me like a couple of dollars and the opportunity to live in this apartment with these other rappers that I didn't know. And, um, and we were just going to, you know, dog eat dog situation and, and, and use whatever came out of this situation. And, um, I was interested in it. And then I ended up ultimately turning it down because I had my first son and, um, my parents and my girl, just everybody was around me at the time. were just like, well, if you keep doing what you're doing, you know, more deals will come. Well, no deals came. It was just, it went dry. Um, and because I was focused on my kid, I wasn't working as hard as I was before, which attributed to it going dry. 
So like seven years went by with me just not really doing music, um, kind of discouraged me a little bit. And then, um, I would say somewhere around 2012-ish, I, um, I got in a drive-by shooting. Um, my car got hit like 20 times, um, bullets in my backseat, my head rest, uh, windows busted out, everything. Um, I didn't get hit once. I thought that, um, I thought that I was hit for like two weeks. I kept checking my body, but I wasn't hit. And um, it kind of just told me that I needed to get back into telling my story. Um, so what used to be uh, like Young Deuce became Brookfield Deuce because I wanted to speak for my people and the area that I grew up in in Oakland and just represent something bigger than myself. I felt felt like my purpose was bigger than me at that point. Like if it was just about me, God would have took me, but it wasn't. So I decided to get back in, in music and um, I did like, like eight tapes in like in like five years. Um, and in that time, uh, Damien made it to the NBA. 2012, he got drafted. And 2016, he signed me to Front Page Music. Um, from 2016 to 2018, I did two mixtapes. And I worked on um, what will low-key be considered my first album, for real, is uh, America's Orphans. I dropped it in 2019. Um, it became a year old in March of 2020. And um, I formed, along with my homies, uh, Kevin Allen, formerly known as Irk the Jerk, and Monty Draper, uh, both out of Richmond, uh, Mo Green, and Dee Bledsoe, along with a handful of other dope artists and producers and singers. Uh, we formed Grand National and... Um, we kind of all just had a conversation about not letting money and petty shit come between us and um, just announcing that we were retiring from being famous, that we were fully invested in being artists and doing things for the culture and for the art up front. And then the money would come if it, if it was just meant for us to have it. Yeah. And, um, and the fame, the fame would come if it was meant for us to have it. And um, I've um, in that same time frame. um been hired as the head A&R for Front Page Music, so now I'm not just signed to Front Page Music as an artist, but now I'm in charge of um, curating uh, Damien's albums, uh, the producers that he works with. Um, I direct mostly all of the videos that he puts out, um, as well as my own videos, and I collaborate with uh, Monty Draper and Kevin Allen on the direction for the Grand National visuals as well. Um, so rap has um, not necessarily taken a full backseat. I just got more passengers in the car now, um, and it's um, a lot more, a lot, a lot, a lot more easy for me to create. A lot, like a lot more happy, because um, like I said I retired from being famous. I think that anybody that um, wants to be successful, especially in a game like music or even podcasting, is like retiring from being famous is like step one i feel like now because um, once you stop competing with other people and you start worrying about what you got to worry about and just telling your truth and running your own race that's when people realize that you're not in the same game as them and you know you don't have to like you have to fight nobody you don't have to fight yourself either you could just you just be happy in what you make and be proud of it without having to worry about all the, the analytics that make you stress you just do your shit so that's basically 
Brookfield Deuce in a nutshell from 2004 to now. That's that's real, bro. And you know, you know, something hit me that you said as you as you begin to tell your story when you stated, you know, when the hypey when the hypey movement was out, that wasn't you. Your sound was just different. And me, yeah. as a fan of yours, I hear that. And that's part of the reason why, like, I fall in love with your music because it's so, like I told you, it just paints pictures. And yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting to hear someone like you say, you know. I wanted to still take a back. I still want to put music out, but I put it to a back seat right now. And now I want to work more behind the camera or of course, just incorporate more things into that. And when I see videos like Drake Grant that you, that you, that you worked on, it's incredible, which was just an incredible video. It depicts, you know, I, I'm, I'm me. I'm from Oakland. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm from the fifties, but I did live in the jungle and man, Okay. The way you the way you depict it is just so incredible, bro. You know what I'm saying? Really, just showing that kind of community environment because I felt like Oakland always has this bad reputation. I mean, it's a little different now with all of the transplants that have came in, but but you yourself, you just depicted that raw, that realness of it. Do you have any plans of doing anything else more with film? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that. It, it, it wasn't just me. It's a collaborative effort. Uh, I maintain collaborative efforts with people that are like-minded. Uh, Tevin Tavares also directed that with me. Um, we had an amazing DP and Raphael Sutton. Um, everybody involved was just amazing. Um, and I try to continue to, to bring those people together and do things like like Dre Grant all the time. I think that, um, like you said, Oakland does kind of get like a bad rep for being um, a level of violent or um, a level of unsavory. Um, and I could understand some of that, but I, I also um, I also live in a world where I understand that um, people criticize the leaves without understanding how the seeds got planted. I'm, I'm not I'm not necessarily into having conversations about the leaves on a tree if we're not going to talk about the seeds and the roots of the tree. Um, and I think that the way people are is um, a byproduct of the way people are set up to be. Um, I think that not having um, a solid educational system, having redlining and um, blockbustering in the city um and you know not giving schools the proper funding to do things the proper lunches that kids need to make them unhealthy um and create a level of obesity in America not just with blacks but overall all these things are systematically placed they're all in the roots and the seeds of what America is and um that's what I talk about in the music and I asked you what were your feelings on I mean being a trendsetter at the time of the hyphy movement like to me that sounds like some like walking a rockefeller wearing a pink polo in 2002 type of shit so yeah <laughs> like what like how i mean i, I obviously well, you got to be true to yourself but i mean what was that like man like going against what the sound had to be at that time so um it's, it's crazy for me because I learned how to rap from my cousin from 
uh, Rochester, uh, which is like Rochester, New York is upstate. It's like uh, 10 minutes away from uh, from Buffalo. So if you're in Oakland, then um, Buffalo is like San Leandro if Rochester is Oakland. Um, so basically, uh, Buffalo is Rochester. Rochester is Buffalo. It's pretty much the same city. Okay. Um, so my sound has always been like um, like a Griselda type sound. Um, I, I, I learned how to rap from yeah. I learned how to rap from people like those people. Um, my cousin used to rap before he died. He sounded just like Conway. Westside Gun, mm-hmm. Benny the Butcher, sound just like those kind of guys. So, mm-hmm. um, so for me, it wasn't like a hyphy versus non-hyphy because I just grew up listening to Biggie and Outkast and Goody Mob and Twista and Bone Thugs and just stuff that wasn't necessarily in the Bay. I was listening to a little bit of everything, and um, I always understood the hyphy movement to be a way of life more than a style of music. And um, so while I wasn't doing hyphy, I was hyphy in real life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was still like outside. I was still kicking it with the homies in the hood. I was still, you know, jumping in a stolen car, not really knowing it was stolen for for sure. But then when I found out, I'm like, okay, well, now I'm in here. You know, like, hopefully we don't get in trouble. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Hopefully we don't get in trouble. Let me out, though. You know what I mean? So I just like, I grew up around the lifestyle of of hyphy, so it wasn't one of those things where it was like uh, I'm 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 raging against the machine, you know. I always felt like when you watch the other dances, you know, and growing up, it was like you got your stanky legs and all them other kind of dances, and then you got the snap era where it's like you can see somebody appropriate the culture, get on YouTube, and teach the dance and look trash doing it, but they video got a million views. Facts. There are no videos for the hyphy dance or the hyphy movement or the go stupid or whatever you call it because we don't even have a name for it. It's just an attitude. So it's like the hyphy was, it was in my head, hyphy was always impossible to market. And to this day, it still kind of is. Um, thankfully, um, you know, with the kids, they figured out a way to do stuff like the Shmees with Chunky. And the yeah. turf fiends, they figure out a way to, to and, and, and now that you see that there are a level of steps, there, there there's choreography to the shmees. Every dancer is doing it a, around the world because I can learn it. So now the hyphy movement in, in regards to the kids that are doing it now, they figured out a way to monetize and market those things. And I attribute those things to people like myself who grew up learning from the mistakes of we didn't do it right. Let me tell the kids how to market and and monetize your art and put it together. So like when I was coming up, there was no like me versus that. It was just this is what I do and I don't know how to do that other shit because I'm too busy just like in the street living this life. You right. know what I mean? I'm too busy trying to make it to the NBA living this life. I wasn't I wasn't necessarily like raging against it. It was just do what you do, you know, like in and out burger make Hamburgers, cheeseburgers, fries, and shakes. They don't make nothing else. I'm not trying I'm not trying to be jack in the box, you know, and make everything. I, I I make what I make and hopefully people gravitate to it. And if they don't, you know, maybe it's not for me. Maybe the the music is not my lane. You know, and like I said, I, I started off not doing music. I started off trying to help other people with their situation. So 
it was just a prerequisite for me to get to to this point now, you know. So I wasn't, I, I never felt a way about not being accepted for the music that I make, or feeling like I was an outsider in the in the, in the community. I was, I was just doing me, you know. Yeah, it's already in you. It's already in you. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting you say because you say like I think for myself, and, and I know Rolex can contest that too. We we you know we always had that dream of being Hooper too. So I know when you say about that dream of being a hooper, because I hear it in, in, in tracks like Hoop Dreams. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And and it uh it's funny when you when you talk about somebody like Earth the Jerk, because I used to hoop with him at 24 yeah. on High Street. Him and uh, him and him and Fab would come out there and they'll hoop. And you know it'd be fun times. But what when it came to hooping for you, you know what I'm saying? How was it getting over that passion? Is it still a passion? Uh, it's still a passion, but I, I've I've transitioned the passion into into the kids. I, I coach uh, JV at Oakland High. It's the same school that Damian graduated from. Um, same coaches that he was coached by are still there, so I'm coaching with those those guys now. And um, you know, my son he plays there, um, and we just won the um, the OEL um, championship last season before this whole COVID thing. Oh. And um, we went to the playoffs. We lost in the first game. Uh, we should have won the game. We just didn't execute some things that we should have. Um, but the but we gave the we gave the team a real run and definitely earned our respect. And and now we like had a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who are now juniors and and sophomores and a few seniors and we we we're set up for at least two years of making it make sense for for everybody in Oakland for kids to like come out and get scholarships and do something with their life outside of you know just playing basketball if that just so happens to not work out for those kids they can fall back on some level of free education that we can get them by you know executing in in, in on the basketball court so I still had a passion you know I still I'm still like the resident uh, debater on Twitter in regards to the Blazers versus everybody. <laughs> right. Um, I'm still, um, I'm still giving you know my level of insight from being a player on the court and then being a coach now and just being a lover of of the game in general. I still give my insight to whoever asks for it. You know, sometimes when they don't ask for it, I still give it to them. But for the most part, um, you know, like I hurt my knee. Um, when I was playing, uh, when I went to school, I went to school in San Lorenzo. Uh, one of the coaches told me that my game belonged in Oakland and didn't want me to play for the team. White um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. But, you know, um, you know, to just take away from the color, I mean, it just, it's, it's what it is. You know what I mean? Right. Um, some things... Some things aren't, um, I don't want to say meant for you because, you know, when things get in your way, you're supposed to jump over that shit and, and prove people wrong, which is, you know, kind of what we've been seeing with the playoffs right now with Damian. You know, right. so like, um, so you definitely you definitely shouldn't take the first no and go, well, I guess it ain't meant for me. You know, like, you definitely should push your line and make sure that you, you get across what you want to get across. But um, for me, I, um, I've always been a lover of music. And basketball was something that I always loved as long as I've been alive too. And um, I, I, I banked on the idea that I'm not just a uh, one trick pony, that 
if basketball don't work out, I got stuff that I could fall back on. Um, music is just the 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 second tier. I, I, I'm I'm actually like like an EMT. I can um I could Say take somebody I could take somebody life in real life. Oh yeah, uh, wow, okay. Um, if I just decide to like stop being a rapper and eating chicken wings and cake, I could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could I, I I could I could jump on somebody's ambulance or fire truck or something and really get it popping, you know. But um, yeah, man, I, I um my actual educational fallback was uh, medicine, pharmacy. Um, so oh, so you doc so you really doctor Brookfield? No, nah, no, nah, I ain't no doctor. <laughs> I ain't went to college and nothing. You know, just take the classes for the the EMT shit and being a paramedic or whatever. Don't take college, just take classes. But like. That's just what I want to do is just help people. I realize that everything that I've always done growing up has always been in a form of of service. So, um, you know, like music as a rapper is to use my message and my experiences to to service the people that need to hear it. And now that I have I have moved into more of an A and R and directorial role, I'm still servicing people. I just um, I realize that. I have more ideas than I can put out without oversaturating myself to the world. So it makes more sense to give those ideas to other people. Right. And then, and then I can oversaturate the world by having my ideas belong to someone else. And um, I'd be damned if I didn't give those ideas to other people and it like enhanced what people thought about me and my brain because the, the idea belonged to them after that. You know, as long as it belonged to them, it's like a lot of people love to see you doing good, just not better than them. Straight so up. like, so like giving the idea to somebody else is like the humble shit. It's like the, I'm confident in my ability to create enough where I can give you something that I would have kept for myself. Right. And um, I think that um, the people that have been in combination with me that have been, you know, collaborating with the, the things that I have to offer have uh, realized how, how deep the rabbit hole really goes with how I think and what I do for myself and, and others. And it's it's made my music more listenable after the fact than if I were to just tell you, hey, uh, listen to my stuff, I, you know, it's pretty dope. Da, 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 da. Now it's like, I've done so much for someone else. Now they're telling people, go listen to this dude. He tight, you know what I mean? Right. And at first, at first it wasn't like that, you know, and, um, I've I've created the ability to um to make people into billboards for just my brand in general, not just the music, but just anything that I put my hands on. Got that Midas touch. The I think it's, it's it's um it's great that you say that. I can tell that it really reflects uh, you and Tariq's bond because a lot of what you said are uh, things that he echoes to us all the time. Like people like yourself are so confident in their abilities that. I mean, a, a candle can light a thousand of the candles and still be bright, right? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, when you talk about how I can help somebody else out, and it is a whole lot more um, for me than, like, me ever promoting myself. I can 1,000% respect that, which leads me in the, like, for my next question for you is, um, I'm very, very glad to hear that you uh, made it through that shooting. That's outstanding. Prior to that, those seven years you had off, I mean, was was the music game always in the back of your mind? And then after the shooting, I got to get back to this. Or did you have the itch still? Since I mean, you are, uh, you are talented at what you do. 
What was that yeah. like at seven years old? I, I, I had... I had a, a small itch, I would say, okay. um, not not a major itch, you know, like when you when you are, you know, going to sleep after you get off work at, you know, midnight, and as soon as you see a cloud in your in your dream, you hear a, a baby crying. You gotta wake up. <laughs> and, I mean, as soon as soon as soon as the cow sit down, you know what I mean. Like as soon as you go to sleep, right. You start hearing her crying, and and then mom is like, "It's your turn to change the diaper, or it's your turn to go make the bottle, or whatever." And I literally just went to sleep. You know, yeah. when you start doing that, you know, like music probably is not going to get thought about. So yeah. like, for like the first like two three years of my son just being a toddler, you know, it was like, yeah, I'm I'm not tripping right now. I'm I'm too busy just doing everything else. And like, all right, I'm working. I worked at Albertsons, Bad Groceries. I worked at Pepsi. Um, I became like a almost a like a career head. Like I was like, I'm just gonna make this my career. I'll start moving up in the company. Um, one day I started realizing that I, even though I was moving up, I was still kind of low key on a hamster wheel. Yeah. And yep. um, and it kind of like and it like made me feel like if if this is really what I really, really wanted to do or not, you know, I started affecting like my body and I wasn't playing basketball no more because at the time basketball was still like right there for me as well. So it wasn't just, all right, I got to get back on music. I really got in music to help somebody else. My my little brother, Danny from Sobrani, he was in jail. And while he was in jail, he would always call me and just tell me he was writing raps or whatever. We used to rap in high school. He went to jail in the 10th grade and he would call me collect and he would say nobody else would accept his calls. And I was the only one accepting his calls. And that when he got out of jail, he got to figure something out because we all graduated from high school and he was still in jail. So we were working, doing our own thing, starting families, just all the stuff. And he was still sitting in jail. So when he finally got out, it was like, all right, what can I do to help him get his thing together? And music was that thing because I knew it was going to be hard for him to get a job without yeah. a high school diploma. Right. So he need he needed something that he could generate funds immediately. And I knew a bunch of people, but I wasn't actually in music. I just knew people that did it. So I ended up getting into it for him. And got it. And then, um, you know, it turned into, you know, what it is today. But like, it's always been like a level of service. I was always going to do the medicine stuff or play basketball um i applied to to go to the marines um i um they they make you take this test this physical and then they make you take this written test the test is called an asvap and um mm-hmm. for the marines the low the the minimum requirement score you can get is like a 46 and i got an 81 um the 81 is is hella high like right. 81 I'm like damn a 81 <laughs> a, a 81 is like you shouldn't be in the Marines because all they do is shoot. You should be you should be in the Navy so you can sit on the ship and press the button to send a missile off. Like you you can you can literally play war games like a video game. You can you can get paid to be like a nuclear technician type shit. And my 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 dad was in the Navy, my my uncle's in the Navy, my grandfather was in the Navy. Um my other uncles in the Air Force, my cousins in the Air Force. I got a big military family. And um, during the time, I was just kicking it with the staff sergeant, being recruited and not really tapping in with my family, just listening to him tell me what he what he needed to tell me to get me to sign up. Right. And 
And um, and I signed up and did the physical, everything. And when they seen the score, they was like, we got to have them. We got to have them. And I, I finally talked to my my at the time. Uh, he was a sniper in the Marines. And he was like, don't do it. Um, they're going to make you crazy. And then I had another homie that went. And he went to the Marines, and his boy that he was in the Marines with did demolition. And they had a target um, that they had to, to, to deal with, and the target was in this school. He owned the school for the, for the kids in, like, Afghanistan, but he wouldn't leave the school. He had, like, his house in the school. Like, he lived there, basically. And the kids would come, and then they would leave, but it was always school, basically. And um, the my homie told me that the guy had to string C4 around the building. They had to level the building with the kids in wow. it just to get the target. And, um, and this is like regular stories. He's telling me, and my uncle is telling me how he had to like sleep in the mud for like three days so they could shoot this target that wouldn't leave a house. But he came out to the balcony this one time and they got him. Um, and it's just a bunch of stuff like that where I was like, damn, do I really want to be a Marine where it's like, you you come off the boat and you start attacking people. And I start thinking about if somebody just came to San Francisco and started laying shit down, you know, and now we in Oakland and they across the bridge laying shit down. And we so used to the way it is in America, like nobody attacks us. We just hella arrogant about it. Right. And, and, and I was like, well, damn, are we the, are we the, uh, the villain? Are we the hero mm. as, as a country? You know what I mean? And, um, it started making me dig into American history. And like in, in that time, because I was, you know, 17, I started like my, my like my, my brain started changing. I, I like I like I graduated from some shit in my head and I realized I didn't want to do it no more. So I told my, my grandfather to help me get out. And um, he came from L.A. to Oakland. We sat down with the master sergeant and they, they got me out. Wow. So I never actually so I never actually went. Um, to boot camp. I got out right before, like the week before I was supposed to go to boot camp, they got me out. They had my plane ticket and everything ready. So I never went to the Marines. Um, but because I wanted to go to the Marines for medicine um, and my grandfather was like, they don't have a medical field because they're a division of the Navy. You would have had to go do the Navy. So I was like, well, in the meeting of getting me out, I was like, well, can I still do the medicine stuff? And then that's when I found the truth that the guy was lying to me. And I couldn't have done medical. I was only able to do um, a field medic. Um, a field medic is, if you watch the, the war movies, yeah. it's always it's always the guy that has like the the the, the red plus sign on his on his backpack, right. and everybody else has M16s it's and extra <laughs> extra extra ammo and all of this <laughs> other shit. The field medic is the one that doesn't have as much ammo because he's holding medicine. Right. He's holding bandages. He's holding water bottles and shit for, for the people that are getting hit up. And it's his <laughs> job to go out there and save lives and triage people who need the morphine or not, like in the movie. Okay, you about to die. I ain't giving you the morphine. I'm going to go give your pot. I'm going to give your pot in the morphine because I can save his life. You know what I mean? And now I got to pick him up and carry him off the battlefield. And hopefully I don't get shot like Forrest Gump was doing. He got shot in the ass. So like, those guys are the most respected people in the Marines because they the most gangster. They like they go out there without all the guns right. and they go save they go save lives. They they the most respected. You the designated but, driver. Exactly. So like so like I realized 
I don't want to be the guy without a gun. Right. So if if I had to do four years of field medic active and then give the Marines four years of reserve and then re-enlist in the Navy to give them four years active and then in year 13, I could finally be uh, a pharmacist with the, with the Navy. I could finally be somewhere in the medical field with the you Navy. You your legs, buddy. Yeah, I didn't want to give them 13 years before I can do what I wanted to do in return. So I was like, fuck that, get me out. So they were like, you can try to join again, straight for the Navy, but if you join, they got paperwork on me to this day that says if I join the military, there's no getting out. Like I got to come in and I got to do like at least a certain amount of time. Like Usually you do your, your four and your four and you're good, but my contract don't say that. My contract says I got to give them like real time. You know what I mean? So I was like, well, fuck that. You know, I'll just, I'll figure out another way to do, to, 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 like, do the medical shit. So I ended up taking classes for EMT to be a firefighter or whatever. And it got pushed to the back because I started doing music seriously and it started working out for me. And I'm like, I can always fall back to it. But, uh, but yeah, just, just being of service has always been like being like of service. I feel like, I feel like the, uh, the Marines, the the Marines, when we, when we was in like 12th grade, they was like aggressive, like, like, Hell like yeah, they, they was aggressive. aggressive, like niggas the let out after the club. Like I don't, me and, um, me and, me and Dale knew each other probably about 20 years or so. And we almost both went to the Marines because our boy, our boy got pulled by a recruit. Like, hey, bro, it's going to be lit, la, la, la. And like, he got told something similar to, similar to you. He didn't, he wasn't told he'd be a medic, but he was told that he, that he could be able to fly a helicopter. And then, yeah. And then he went. How you gonna fly a helicopter with the Marines? Then, just an right. <laughs> right, right, right. The Marines ain't shit, bro. They be lying, right, bro. bro. And then he was like, he got in my cold because my step pops. He was a Navy dude. Was like, bro, don't go. Like you say, he's like my stepdad said, glad we used to. They gonna have you sleeping in the mud for three days. That's what he said. And uh, my homie went in there, and then he wasn't right since. Like just like you said, they don't yeah. they don't come out the right way. But <laughs> they make they make you crazy. You, you know what's you know what's crazy about that. My um the guy who was recruiting me, um, the uh staff sergeant that was recruiting me, his name was um Tony Manusa. I never forget this dude because he used to come, you know, like when he was in high school, I missed I missed the day of school for whatever reason. But the day I missed school was the day that you had to sign the paper that says you don't want the military by the oh. <laughs> so I, en- I so I ended up on the list and Staff sergeant comes to the high school and they pulling kids out of the class to talk to them about joining the military. Um, I'm not sure if they still do that to this day. I think that it it actually might be a good idea to to come to Oakland and all of these inner city places and offer that to them. America ain't shit. But if you can figure out a way to take advantage of the GI Bill and get a free education out of going to the Marines, some people don't have nothing going for them but the corner. Right. So if you're going if you're going to shoot people for for a bag of crack. I can shoot you in the name of a country that don't really care about me if I'm gonna get a hundred thousand dollars a year afterwards. Right. Yeah, that's I'm, real talk. If you go, if you go, and shoot I can it, see, and I can see the world. If if you, I'm gonna shoot something. You know what I mean? If you're gonna shoot for crack, shoot my own people. Shoot for stats. Straight up, because I would have had little babies all around Germany. I would have had little babies. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna... <laughs> all in China, all type of little. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, hey. That, that's exactly that's hey that's exactly how it happens. But I'll even that though, just thinking about it, like damn, what if they what if what if what if China or another country just came and invaded this shit and just say you know what all just the girls, whole they are, like, we, we you know they are we my chicks even even the fans only <laughs> even 
Yeah. Not yeah, not not only not only are we are we taking y'all land, you know, like we in your grocery stores with M sixteens. You know, ain't you know like that, that bag of cookies <laughs> I always like is sold out because the soldiers eating right. them. Right. Like, they're not even paying for them. Just that's why people, all the that's why people like, hate America, bro. It's why. It's, 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 it's why. Yeah, it's why, bro. <laughs> you asking me you asking me for my papers, like I don't live here. It's my country. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy, bro. And I always, I always trip off shit like that, and I'd be like, I, I'm, I'm, I can't do it. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it against my people or just America in general. You know what I mean? But like, back, back to, back to Tony Manusa. Um, <laughs> he, he coming to my house. He drinking my Kool Aid. He going to buy me Chinese food. Like, we really kicking it. You know what I mean? Like, he at my house. And um, when, when I, when I, when I got out, I never forget this. I got out. They, they, they signed me out. I didn't have to go to boot camp. I'm sitting at home. My mom is like, you're going to have to get a job soon. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I just want to, you know, take a little bit of time off. I just That's graduated such high school. That's some black mom shit. You got to get a and, job. Um, you going to 17. You got to get I'm dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And um, and I um, I bullshit you not. I'm I'm dreaming. And um, I wake up and I look at the TV. The planes is word, <laughs> and my homie called me and he like, bro, uh, New York just got hit with these planes. They think it's uh, um, I'm at I'm in uh. I'm 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 in San Diego at, at Camp Pendleton. They talking about we about to go to Afghanistan. I said, hey, what? He said, like it's over there, like a, a little bit above, like over by India and in between Saudi Arabia and da da da. da. And I'm like, that's hella far, bro. So we just talking about how far it is, and we looking at the temperatures. We like it's hella hot, and we not war. even tripping. That is war, though. You know what I mean? And um, and shit, and 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 like a month later, he was on his way, bro. He really went and. And like you said earlier, like your mm-hmm. homie never came back the same. It was like I know I know people that never came back the same. And I was like, I could have that would have been me, bro. I'd have been in Afghanistan, bro. And I think about that kind of stuff, like the the things that I feel like I have to offer my kids and right. my people and my neighborhood, like they they would have never got it. They wouldn't they would have never got it. They would have never got any music that I've ever released. They would have never got none of that stuff had I just been so um you know, into figuring out how to do something like for myself and going to the military just so I can like, you know, try to make something of myself. But, you know, something in me decided that, you know, chasing a dream was, was worth chasing, you know? And, um, like I always think about it cause the, the, the guy who recruited me was like one of the first POWs. They cut that dude head off on TV. The dude, Tony Manusa that, rec- that recruited me. He went to Afghanistan too, not just my homies, but the, the staff sergeant that was trying to recruit me. They sent him because they needed more than the actives. Right. They needed some of the reserves too. So he got sent as a sergeant that was supposed to be leading, you know, the kid soldiers. Wow. And they caught him slipping and they killed him on TV. You could look it up. She's from Tracy. Staff, Staff Sergeant Manusa, he got killed that's as a POW, one of the first yeah, POWs to die that in, the that Afga- that in the Afghanistan not, wars. And he used to, and he used, and he used to be in my house drinking my Kool Aid. You know what I mean? Like, 
I think about that all the time. Like I dodged such a bullet, you know what I mean, with like the military. I really I really got away from it and it was like the best thing that one of the best things ever happened to me besides my kids and you know, just shit like that. Like it was one of the best decisions I ever made to to get out of that shit. Like bro, I'm happy. Yeah. You've been it's like you've been you've been literally figuratively dodging bullets for for the whole Um, Tariq, Tariq, Escape, uh, Tariq is Escape, escaping death, escaping death, man. You have the for most real. ridiculous uh, Tariq story. Yeah, this is huge for us, and we don't really have that many ridiculous. And we don't, and I don't, I don't know nothing about dude. He'd be at my house drinking my Kool Aid, walking oh, out shit. on. I don't even know, dude. So yeah. if you could, Bobby's here, all in my bathroom. Yeah, man, wilding out. Odell Beckham died. You know how he yeah. Um, can you tell? Can you share that story with us, Brookfield, dude? <laughs> I think I know the one he's talking about. <laughs> so, um, like, uh, me me and Reek, we met each other in school. And you know how, like, um, you know how you watch those movies and it's, like, the the guys with the Jordans yeah, yeah. and they got the Letterman jackets on. They all play for the football team or whatever. They all sit at one table and you ain't allowed. Um, and then you, you, know, you, you, you go to the table and you be like, yeah, my name Deuce, I'm from East Oakland. They be like, fuck you, ain't East Oakland. And they just point. Like After that, they just point. And you, and you, and you look at where they pointing, and it's the uncool table. And like, that's where you sit. So I'm like, all right. So I'm like walking to the uncool table, and I find Tariq. And me and Tariq are at the uncool table, and he got his glasses. They was hella thick. And, um, and he's like, what's up, man? You know, welcome. To the uncool table, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I appreciate that, you know, we, you know, we, we go, we gonna make it work, fuck the niggas, we gonna make it work, though, you know what I mean? And um, and we just became homies from then. It That's was like up, we man. didn't have to have a long conversation. We just realized we was the same, you know what I mean? And um, and um, and I had a birthday party, and <laughs> I was, you know, inviting my two friends, <laughs> and Tariq was one of them, <laughs> and um. And I'm like trying to find people that can come, and I'm like overextending my friendship network, not knowing that I was overextending it, but I was because nobody was coming to my shit, you know what I mean? But the, the party started at seven, and Tariq was there at seven, and um, and my mom was there, and you know we all dancing and shit, and and I I find Tariq over there in the corner by the kitchen next to this this table my mom set up it had like fruits and vegetables right, right. and whatever you know you want kids to eat they ain't eating none of that shit though but she fried a bunch of chicken and um and my granny um is from arkansas she also got ties with new york or whatever but you know they live in california now and she make this chicken and in her batter she put mustard and the the, she chicken. seasoned the chicken then she put mustard on the chicken before she put the flour on there and yeah, you gotta put mustard on a chicken. So my mom does it the same way at that point. She was doing it the same way. And she just kept making this chicken. And it's so many people that are like homies and people from the neighborhood. And then my cousins, my family's so big, the party was good whether nobody came or not. So the party was still, you know, a bunch of people and we all dancing or whatever. And every time I look at this table over there, Tariq's there. And I don't think Tariq danced one time. He just never left the table of chicken. And um and for like I don't what was right. that ninety six, no yeah. maybe ninety three, ninety four. So what is it now? Two thousand twenty? 
So 20, <laughs> 26, 27. For 27 years, he's been talking about my mom's chicken. For 27 years, he's been talking about my mom's chicken. Literally, he DM'd me like, what, four months ago? and was like, bro, can she make some chicken? I'll show you the screenshot from my mom saying, to this day. of course, I'll make the chicken. You know what I mean? Like, and I hit him back like, and I hit him back like, she down. She made the chicken for you, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I'll make you some chicken. I got the recipe, too. Like, I'll make you some chicken. You know what I mean? But, like, if you want my mom to make it, she can make it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. But he's been talking about this damn chicken forever. You know what I mean? Like, forever. And it's and, and it's always crazy because, like, you know how, like, everybody's mama is the best cook in the world? Everybody's mama is the best cook in the world. But we have, like, chefs in our family. So our family don't move like that because we all alphas. We'd be like, you make this good. That's what you make. Right. If you make the potato salad, you make the potato salad. If you fry the chicken, you fry the chicken. If you make the yams, then you make the yams. So, like, everybody in our family is extra critical. Like, everyone, everyone's alpha, even the women. They're all alphas. And we're, right, we, right. we're, we're a matriarchal family. Like, the, the woman is the top of the food chain for us. You know, um, so, like, right. my granny is, like, my granny is the best cook, not my mom. You know what I mean? And my mom can cook, you know what I mean? But my granny is the best cook. So, like... <laughs> I got the plug. I'll be like, I can get you some better chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can get you the chicken. I can get you the chicken. You know what I mean? But it is whatever. But yeah, you have to hook I'm for like 27 years. He's been talking about that chicken, and it's like, it's just it's. Trying to get. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And I don't even remember it was that good. That's that's why that's why the story is so funny because. I would count. I don't know. You know, I can't remember. You know what I mean? Like it didn't change my life like it changed yours. And like <laughs> I just remember being like, that's normal. She makes chicken all the time. You know what I mean? Like that chicken. Just chicken. Heard, but we I well, come he to school and he'd be like, bro, that chicken. Table. That chicken, bro. That chicken, bro. Yeah, but we, we I mean <laughs> shit. We got we got this na- nasty processed cheese pizza at lunch. We're not we're not eating the chicken right now. So let's just oh, eat that the pizza in the food. Let's just eat the pizza right now. You know what I mean? I can't oh, I can't do nothing about the chicken right now. Damn. You know what I mean? But <laughs> you used to smack and fit oh, yeah. with a chocolate milk. With I was I used, I used to smack. Never butter boy. I didn't have that kind of money, man. I yeah, I used, money. yeah, I used to smack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man, I was I was I was reduced <laughs> lunch forever. 40 cent, man, reduced lunch. I, 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 I'd like, you know, like I went to Claremont to get a couple of dollars to get some cheese I mean, fries. So, I mean, so but, I guess I guess just yeah, to ask man. you, bro, I mean, you do talk a lot about that I mean, chicken. Um, giving back to the community and having a and like having a solid image, whether it be when you talk about uh, the leaves that came from the seeds or you talk about making sure that people know how, how they got to the corner and even coaching at, your, at this school. I mean, just to tell us in a nutshell, I mean, what does Oakland mean to you? Yeah. Uh, it is, I mean, it's shit, it's everything. It's, it's, it's the, the, the energy and the passion and the, um, the foundation in which I move. Like, I, um, I, I don't necessarily, um, think about it when it's happening, but, yeah. When um, I'm in like flight or fight mode, that's when it comes out, you know. And um, you can tell it's like, oh shit, he gotta be tell from it. the bay, you know what I mean? Like, 
And I'd be like, hell no, I'm not from the Bay. I'm from East Oakland. You know what I mean? And like, it ain't, it's not like Oakland or West Oakland or North. It's like, it's specific. It's East Oakland. Sometimes I don't even mention Oakland. I just say Brookfield. You know what I mean? And <laughs> like, they'd be like, well, where's Brookfield? It's in Brookfield. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> and it'd just be like the, um, the attitude. You know what I mean? Like, um, if, uh, if you guys remember the, uh, Right. The 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 sixty one point game where Dame was like put some respect on my fucking name, but like like the it, it wasn't right. the it wasn't the, the, the speech it was the Oakland. like the walk yeah. and how he was looking and how he was looking, yeah, that was East Oakland you know what I mean and it was like it was like oh you know what I mean like you know like I see him and you know he's a good role model he don't get in trouble he don't have no off the court stuff and you know he don't shy away from the smoke you know. He got he has a line in one of his songs where he's like, uh Yeah. I'm not the type to run yeah. from the smoke. I'm the type to yeah. run up the okay. chimney. And um and um and 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 I and I and I just I, I think that that's all of us in a nutshell. It's like, oh, it's a problem, where's that? Hey, 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 where's that? You know, and like really seeking it out, you know, like I'm not about to move in, in a way where I, I allow you to attack me first. You know, if I if I decide I'm in a, I'm in attack mode, that's when there's a, a, a legitimate problem, you know, with the other side of the situation. And I think, um, you know, for me specifically with music, I've been like in a I've got something to prove mode. I've been in attack mode for a while, you know. So, and in in the bars that I that I lay, um, they're always um, aggressive. Mm -hmm. I, I I try to project my voice in a way where you know I'm serious about what I'm talking about. Um, I'm not in the I'm not in the business to be trying to, you know, have a party. Um, the party come after I tell you the truth. You know we can we can we can definitely in, enjoy having fun, but it, the like the main focus is message and inspiration and being of service to the people and making sure that they know that when I when when it's all said and done when I'm dead and gone that I didn't make music. You know. As a, as a, I was in the J Cat, you know, like I really, I really did it for a reason, you know, um, and I, I, I definitely want to go down as one of those people. Like when, when you look at your Scar EXs and your Adrian's and your Rap and Runs, you know, yeah. you throw me up there with them and say he was he was a real nigga. He talked about it. He wasn't he wasn't afraid to to speak on the issues that was going on in the community and in America in general as right, black man. people. He was there for definitely. us, you know. Definitely, man. Bruh, um, I, we greatly, greatly appreciate your time. Can you tell uh, our listeners, man, I mean, where they can find some of your music at, what your IG is, just how they can locate you? Um, I am um, on Instagram and Twitter, mostly Instagram, uh, Brookfield Deuce, um, B-R-O-O-K-F-I-E-L-D. D U E C E, all one word, of course. And Twitter, um, same name, but it's spelled differently. I got hacked a long time ago. <laughs> I tried to reach out to Twitter, but because you know I'm at the uncool table, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't listen to my emails or whatever. But it's a uh, B R O O K F I E L D D E U C E. The traditional way to spell deuce is how it's spelled on Twitter. And then it's Brookfield Deuce My Way on Instagram. And um, 
I'm I'm a big fan of front of the jersey over back of the jersey. So um I would greatly appreciate it if people go listen to Dame's music because it's still me and go listen to Grand Nationals music because it's still me. Um and um just get familiar with, you know, all of the artists that is Grand National. I um I'm especially proud about the group and the bond that we've all formed as black men in the Bay area to come together and women, um, to just put egos to the side and be around people that think and do things the same way, have families and things to live for and speak on. And, um, that's what grand national is. I'd be, uh, I would have a, a major regret if I didn't speak on, on grand national in this podcast. I think that people should know. Um, I think that's the biggest thing with, with all music and just all things in general. Like it's, it's somebody out there making yeah. the most fire piece of pizza you ever had, but if nobody tells you it exists, you'll never eat it. So I don't want to, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that, that tree in the forest that fall and don't nobody hear a sound because they're not there to see it. You know, I want to make sure that as many times as I can speak on things like grand national that I do so and, and tell people to, to look it up because we've we've taken the 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 music and the instrumentation and the messages that we all grew up on and loved when rap was rap and not popularity and we've we've taken that and put it on the instruments that we used to have to play in in elementary and middle school and we found the people that are great at that and we've put that all on you know one album um and it's really the Oakland roots. It's really the Bay Area roots of musicality and real singers and real artists and real writers and real musicians coming together to make an album that I personally think is a classic. Um, it's nine songs. We have a deluxe. It's probably going to be another nine songs. We just oh, recorded a live version of the album, like a MTV Unplugged situation. Um, and um, I'll send you guys like a couple of rough drafts of it um, just so you can hear what I'm talking about. But like, we're just really serious about doing something for the Bay that's unprecedented. That's stuff that they didn't think that this generation was capable of doing. And, um, and we're, we're trying to make it happen. You know, we just, we got added to the ballot to be nominated for a Grammy this year. We haven't started campaigning yet, but we're on the ballot when it does come out. Um, unfortunately for the world, you can't vote unless you are a Grammy member, um, which is the things that they don't tell you in the industry. They keep those secrets to themselves. Um, but just the announcement, the conversations about those things um, are the things that you need to, like I said earlier in the podcast, when you're trying to do something, nobody listens because you don't have enough people or enough accolades. Like these are the things that I have to mention so people can go, oh, shit. Right on the ballot to be nominated for a Grammy. Let me listen to this damn album. You know what I mean? And then, then they go, listen, you know, it makes more sense when you start dropping the things that you've done with it and how much you, like you start expressing how much you care about it. And that's why I, I would, I would be wrong if I didn't, I'd be wrong if I didn't tell you to, to go listen to Damien's big dollar. I'd be wrong if I didn't tell you to go listen to twice on Sunday by grand national. I'd be wrong if I didn't tell you to go listen to America's orphans by myself because all those all those bodies of art are testaments to all of these years of getting pulled over by the police, getting beat up by the police, having your schools closed, 
having your free lunch become 40 cents or whatever it is for the kids or a dollar or two dollars, you know, having the bus used to be, you know, a dollar and now it's five dollars damn near to get on the bus in the bar. Like these albums, these albums are are the byproducts of the change that's happening around us. And the truth that we all speak in these in these albums are a testament to that to that that passion to fight it to fight against it to fight against the oppression and gentrification and these like the the systematic issues that are that are in place in our area that um continue to to lay the foundation to oppress us for for decades to come if we don't change things and we can't keep letting the idea of needing to be so much at the um the cool table that we don't do something cool right just being at the cool table ain't enough if you ain't doing shit that's cool so like now it's time for the people that whether they at the cool table or not to do some cool shit and this is how we do it is telling people that the table don't matter no more like it's time for us to to appreciate the entirety of the cafeteria and embrace the issues that you see at each table and talk about it from wherever you are and um you know spread the virus spread 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 this truth just like covid is spreading you know what i mean yeah. like that's, have, have the real conversations hey, you can't be you know? saying no better man because i remember not being at the cool table too and nowadays it's like i'm doing everything that's cool now i make stuff cool so it don't even matter <laughs> hey but you know what man i gotta make sure we get you a shirt out yeah. so you can make sure you can rock that yeah. mixtape i'm gonna just get reek on it i'm gonna get reek on it and have him get you that <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we, we are. We already had the camera. Put on Dame Dollars uh, track. You know what I'm saying? That Dame Dollar with him and Marsha Sambrosius, man. So thank you very much, man, for just for just coming in and man and, and giving us giving us giving us the real you, man. And a lot of inspiration. A lot of inspiration. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna keep pushing, man. We're so grateful for you to to do our uh no, thank, thank you to guys, do our man, intro, man. That's gonna be so lovely for them to hear that, man. It's a whole new vibe. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 excited about it. Like I was telling Rick, I I'm I'm hella into the um I'm a I'm a Kanye kid, man. I I, I grew up with well, the idea that a president like him though. You could just do whatever, you know what I mean? And um and be at the un- <laughs> and be at the uncool table. Now I'm not gonna run for nobody's president. You know what the what the uh, what the what the people don't actually tell you is that the power don't lie in the presidential seat. It lie in the the, the Senate and the con- you know in the House. So like, if 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 you can get get in good with one of these congressmen, that's when change happens. And it's like I don't want to be a congressman either, but I just know that the president is face of what's really going on in, on Capitol Hill and it's if, if, if you want to fight against something stop trying to fight against Trump and start fighting against all of the things that you see on the ballot that you just skip over or that you just you know like you like people we are all creatures of familiarity we all have routines and when it's time for you to go vote you know you vote for the name that looks familiar you know like if if Schwarzenegger would have changed his name to Kennedy, he'd had more success, but he didn't because right. you know he was famous on his own. But Maria Shriver is a is, is a Kennedy, so if he would have changed if he would have changed his name to a, to Kennedy, people people that didn't have any clue 
would have just been like, oh, uh, Kennedy, right. Arnold Kennedy, <laughs> he must be uh, he must be one of Ted's sons, you know, or something like that, and and voted for him, not even thinking, just I'm, I'm voting for familiarity. Like if right. Kamala Harris changed her name to Kamala Obama, she get votes on accident. She'd get votes on accident. Be, they, all they would see is Biden, Obama. Like so you said Bernie needed to change the go, name to a weekend at Bernie's? They wouldn't even trip. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> Yeah, something. Uh, <laughs> Bernie Lomax, man. Something. But just but just like we have to we have to we have to we gotta start we gotta start breaking that cycle, man. Like we gotta start breaking this. I you gotta be cool. It gotta be popular thing, like the truth can come from anywhere, man. And you know, like I'm, I'm a big fan of, 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 of going to a tent city and, and, and placing a little girl in the tutu doing ballet in the tent city. Like those are the visuals that I want to create in the world. Like the balance, the, the yin and the yang, you know, and, and making sure that when, when people see, you know, it's, 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 it's more to the picture. It's layers to it, you know, and, you know, Trump got issues, you know, but it ain't just him. And 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 if you and if you attack him, you end up losing because he at the end he at the end of the rope. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, I, I won game yeah. ten out of ten, but you lost game one out of nine because you didn't even show up. You know what I mean? So we need to start worrying about game one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine before we get to the final boss. We are, you know what I mean? Like, what about the other levels? You know what I mean? Like, let's let's attack those levels too, not just the the final boss. By the time you get there, game over, you know. So we gotta we gotta start doing our homework and Man. our research. You know, we know everything about what's going on on Love and Hip Hop, but, but you can't you can't tell me nothing about a, a a caucus or you know electoral college or none of that. Like we gotta start having more deeper, real conversations so our kids don't just end up wanting to be artists and athletes. Yes, Some of these kids gotta be lawyers and politicians, you know. I mean, we 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 need we need some of these kids going pre-law so they can be agents for these for these athletes, so they can have representation in these corporate rooms when it's time to get these endorsements. We got to have representation on all fronts, you know. So those are the conversations that we need to have, and it starts in in the areas that our people are are subjected to when it's time for them to go listen to music, which is why it's like Nipsey is important in life and in death. He's important because he was talking about those things about equity about having ownership and the things that you that you need and putting a dollar amount on your stuff. Like if you got music and you and you care about it and you need it to read that's real shit. Yeah, I feel like um I, I, I feel like you are definitely utilizing your platform, bro. And when you said that part of the reason you went into rapping in the beginning, you mentioned people people won't listen to you without that credibility. And I would definitely say that you've established that. And as long as you um keep sharing this knowledge of wealth that you have, like you've been like you've been sharing the mustard chicken that has our has our man's Tariko here addicted for the last 23 years. I think um I think you're going places. Sky's the limit, man. Thank you for your time. 